Ina. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by G3. You've got grain to sell, we're buying. G3 grain elevators in Saskatchewan are open for business and want to buy your grain. Find a G3 grain elevator near you today at g3smarter.ca. And brought to you by Seedmaster. Save up to $22.50 per acre on canola with the Seedmaster Ultra Pro 2 individual row metering system. Well, today we have a look at the latest provincial crop report in Saskatchewan. The rain has benefited many crops, but there's also been too much rain in the north. We have also a look at Manitoba crops and an idea just how those crops are faring right now. Real Agriculture looks at oats and the use of glyphosate and recent concerns about that. And also G3 opens its brand new grain terminal at Vancouver and we have a feature on that as well. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. Back in a moment. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by the Candiac Auction Mart. To consign your cattle, call them today at 424-2967. The latest Saskatchewan Agriculture Crop Reports as most of the province received rain this past week. Provincial Crops Extension Specialist Sarah Tetland says the Rama area northwest of Yorkton had the highest amount at 98 millimeters or almost 4 inches. Most of the province did receive some rain this past week particularly the southeast and east central regions got really beneficial rainfall. Some parts of these regions were getting quite dry, so thankfully we did see some more rain in these regions of the province. Some areas did get high amounts of rainfall and they have reported flooding, so this is more particularly in the northwest and northeast regions of the province. Farmers have reported that there is standing water in the fields and this has caused some crop damage. Just how extensive, and you said in the northern grain belt? Yeah, more so in the northern grain belt, as well as some isolated areas in the south part of the province. But for the most part, down south, it was quite beneficial to get this rain. So for specific rainfall numbers, the Rama area, which is in the east central region, received the highest amount of rain this past week with 98 millimeters. There was some hail and wind as well? Yeah, so there were a couple hail and wind storms this past week in different areas of the province. So in the northeast region, um, areas around Tisdale, so this is more the western part of Crop District 8A, they received very strong winds and hail, which has reported to cause crop damage as well as damage to property. And similarly, kind of more in the southwest in the Assiniboia region, they also received some hailstorms, and this has reported resulted in some damage in crops in that area as well. How are crops developing and how are crop conditions? So crops have been developing a, a little, I guess, better this past week or two. There was some more rain received, and it has been a little bit warmer. So farmers have indicated that this has helped with crop development. So when we look at the crop stages provincially, 59% of the fall cereals and 24% of the spring cereals are in the heading stage currently. And then 37% of the canola and mustard and 48% of the pulse crops are in the flowering stage right now. 
tell me a little bit about topsoil moisture rating. So currently in the province, cropland topsoil moisture is rated as 4% surplus, 82% adequate, 11% short, and 3% very short. And then the hay and pasture land topsoil moisture is rated as 2% surplus, 71% adequate, 19% short, and 8% very short. So particularly the southeast east central regions, they have seen improvement in their moisture conditions due to those recent rains. But some areas still are dry and are hoping for more rain. What were the main causes of crop loss this past week? So the main causes of crop damage kind of varied depending on the region. So some regions did see crop damage caused by flooding and standing water in fields, as well as hail and wind. There has been also more farmers scouting for diseases and noting crop damage due to diseases in their fields. So they're planning to apply more fungicides kind of this week into next week. Haying is underway. What kind of progress has been made? Yeah, so haying has begun in most areas of the province now. So provincially, right now, 8% of the hay crop is cut and 3% of the hay crop is baled or put into silage. When we look at the quality of the hay, it is currently rated as 8% excellent, 66% good, 20% fair, and 6% poor. And then when we look at our pasture conditions, currently pastures are rated as 12% excellent, 49% good, 30% fair, 7% poor, and 2% very poor. Any early idea of how you expect the yields to go for the haying crop? So some farmers, particularly where it was a little drier, have noted that they have seen a reduced carrying capacity for pastures and a little bit of a reduced yield. But with that recent rain, farmers are already indicating that they have seen improvements in their hay and pasture conditions. The province has said that hay salvage and ditch mowing is now underway for farmers and reminding producers they can take advantage of salvaging hay and provincial highway ditches. Any idea how that looks? I don't really have numbers handy for that. I I imagine it's similar to the hay in the fields, some areas where it was a little drier. I think the growth has been a little bit reduced, but there should be some out there in the ditches for sure. Sarah Tetlin compiles the weekly crop report for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. Hell. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This segment is brought to you by the Canadian Canola Growers Association, helping farmers succeed for over 35 years. Visit ccga.ca to learn more. And brought to you by Selford Group. The summer early order program is extended through July. Call your Selford equipment dealer or visit selfordgroup.com. Heavy rain in the Brandon area of Manitoba has damaged some crops this past week. Manitoba's crop specialist, Dane Frey, says low-lying areas have been drowned out. They're struggling for the most part. Uh, It's certainly fair to say that there are portions of crops that will be lost. Uh, Areas that sit underwater for a couple days to over a week do not have a great chance of surviving uh, since crop roots require oxygen and flooded soils don't allow that air to get down to those roots for continued growth. Um, yield losses are certainly expected in those low-lying areas and where uh, crops ground out. However, those higher areas are looking relatively good, all things considered, um, since rainfall did replenish uh, soil reserves that were initially dry and excess, soil, uh, excess moisture then ran off. And those crops on those uh, side slopes and hilltops are doing a lot better. Phrase says cereal crops in southwest Manitoba are holding up pretty well. Overall, cereal crops do look the best. 
Um, wheat has been able to handle uh, the moisture since it's rapidly uh, transpiring whatever's in the soil, picking it up and pumping it back into the atmosphere. Uh, so the cereal crops are looking quite well. They're just about to start uh, heading out and start flowering. Uh, so producers are cognizant that the fusarium risk is much higher based on the rainfall we've just had. Uh, so they're looking at um, aerial application for a lot of fungicide in this case. And as for the oil seeds and pulses? Those crops don't like having their feet wet quite to the same extent. Um, canola is doing all right, all things considered. It's certainly struggling. You're certainly going to see uh, lime green canola fields in places where it's moisture stressed and, and uh, suffering a lack of nitrogen from roots not being able to access. Uh, pulses do not like having wet feet, particularly peas. Uh, peas standing in water for more than a day really start to suffer, and, and more than a couple days we'll see that crop uh, die in those areas. Uh, soybeans, on the other hand, uh, are m- much more tolerant of field moisture, and they can handle wet or waterlogged soils for quite a period of time before we start to see significant losses. Fraze says there's been reports of grasshoppers in southwest Manitoba, and it is wide-ranging. We've had more moisture this year than we've had in the past two years, uh, so crop growth is generally more lush. And as a result, um, we are getting uh, a microclimate underneath the canopy there, uh, together with uh, high humidity and rains and, and warm temperatures. Lower canopy leaf diseases are starting. Septoria and tan spot are the main two culprits right now, but we haven't noticed much rust yet, which is a good sign. Fraze says there's been cases of leaf diseases. He says hay yields are below normal, but producers are hoping for a better second cut. He says crops in the northwest are developing at an average rate. He says some Bertha armyworms have been reported in northwest Manitoba. Bertha armyworm monitoring is underway across the province. Uh, traps in the Swan River Valley show 94, while the Durban area trap has uh, 49 in, in those particular traps. Uh, we know that armyworms are out in the fields and in some cases doing some damage to pastures, uh, perennial ryegrass, um, and some spring cereals where populations are higher. He says fusarium head blight is also a concern. Uh, the fusarium head blight risk across all of Manitoba is high to extreme as of July 7th, with the exception of the eastern interlake and northern eastern regions. So it's not in the southwest and northwest. But we are seeing um, high to extreme fusarium risk due to the um, amount of rainfall we've had in the past seven days, coupled with warm temperatures and silk winds. Dane Fraze is a crop specialist with Manitoba Agriculture. No. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney on The Source, 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with RealAgriculture.com and Real Ag Radio, joined right now by Jenneth Johansson. She is the president of the Prairie Oak Growers Association, and she farms in Manitoba. Jenneth, we need some clarification here. There, I mean, I'm getting messages to my inbox from oak growers from across the prairies, wondering what exactly are going to be some of the rules going forward. And I'm referring to a letter that one of you know Western Canada's largest oat buyers, Richardson, sent out to some of its customers here earlier this spring. Can you shed some light on that letter and what it said? Uh, yeah. Uh, on May 11th, actually, I received this email myself, this letter, uh, May 11th of 2020, uh, where Richardson had indicated that they were initiating a new oat procurement program. 
and the program's focus on sourcing Canadian oats that would, that would not be treated with pesticides applied as a pre-harvest desiccant, and that this program would be effective as of January 2021. So this includes all pre-harvest desiccants or herbicides that growers potentially have been using in the past. Uh, yeah, based on the email, that's what it leads uh, the person to to believe. Correct. Oh, okay. Yeah, because there, there's some people talking about how you know this is about it, it's you know they're they're basically saying no glyphosate, but they're saying no glyphosate plus all the other products as well. Which it, there's a big difference there. There is, and there's one thing to note is that a glyphosate is a, a is a herbicide. It's not registered as a pre-harvest desiccant. From Pogus' perspective. Are you are you on board with the change? Are you challenging Richardson on their decision? How do you, how does the organization sh- organization sit on this issue? Well, uh, the oak growers had uh, when we received this information, we decided that it was important information to transfer uh, to our uh, to our members, uh, which is why that we included uh, with Richardson's consent uh, the information in the June twenty twenty uh, oat scoop. So uh, as far as is this challenging for producers, uh, it may in some regions in, in, in Western Canada require producers to make adjustments or to change certain practices uh, to be able to uh, contract uh, some of their production makers to, to Richardson. Do you think this could possibly lead to a decrease in, in oat acres across the prairies? Uh, the organization has canvassed the number of growers, and uh, in some instances, uh, it may not change the current practices. Um, producers who uh, still own swathers or rely on swathers uh, for their acres may not change uh, any of their their current operations. Um, for larger acres, we've heard and uh, and understand that uh, perhaps swathing may not be an option just due to challenges at harvest time if we get wet weather. Uh, as you're aware, oats can downgrade in quality quite quickly if it gets rained on uh, while it's lying in a swath uh, at harvest time. So w- we've reached out to Richardson's. We're waiting for, a, we're going to get a statement back from them today on the you know some more background and reasons behind this. I'm assuming that this is being led by you know some of their customers who are purchasing from from them is that a, your assumption as well or what's leading to this decision i would say that in their in their letter uh, they state that they were they're a global they're work, they're operating in a global environment driven by consumer demand which leads me to believe that uh, based on that cons- consumers are demanding for desiccant free oat products to grow yeah, yeah, it's definitely something that's been in the news quite a bit. You know, we've we've uh, we've seen some of the articles about you know Cheerios, and it's uh, in some ways <laughs> that we've been le- we've been moving down this path to this point for uh, a number of years. Uh, some growers are not going to be happy about it. One of the big questions that I have seen people discussing is. All right, thank you. And just to just to add at the end, I sure appreciate your time today, Sean. And uh, please, I encourage all producers to follow all labels when they're making their decisions heading into the future. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. Yay. 
It's your Agra weather forecast on the source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Raymore, Yorkton, and Watrous, New Holland. Working hard to keep more jingle in your jeans. And brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather, mainly cloudy, 30% chance of showers early this afternoon, Clearing this afternoon, wind northwest 30, gusting to 50. The high today, 21, the low 10. Tomorrow, increasing cloudiness near noon. Wind southeast 20, gusting to 40, becoming northwest 20 in the afternoon. The high tomorrow, 25. Evening, periods of rain. On Friday, the low 11. Saturday, sunny with a high 26, the low 13. Sunday, sunny, the high 29. 30% chance of evening showers, the low 12. Monday, sunny, the high 22, the low 11. Tuesday, sunny, the high 23, the low 12. Wednesday, cloudy, 60% chance of showers, the high 21 degrees. Normal high is 25, the normal low is 11. The sun rose at 4.58. This morning it sets at 9.09 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot in the far southwest corner, Valmarie, 21. The cold spot up north, Collins Bay, 14. Estevan is 17, Saskatoon 19, Swift Current 18, Weyburn 17, Yorkton is 18 degrees. Cloudy in Regina and 16, that's 61 Fahrenheit, winds are from the west at 27. Humidity is 89%, the barometer rising 101.3. Cloudy in Moose Jaw 17, winds are from the west at 28. Once again, Regina, cloudy in 16, that's 61 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com and Sask Municipal Hail Insurance. Farmers, get your spot loss hail insurance with SMHI online or connect with an agent. Storms are unpredictable, SMHI isn't. After three years of construction, a large grain export terminal is in commercial operation at the Port of Vancouver. The G3 multi-million dollar grain terminal has finished its commissioning process. Brett Malkowski is G3's Vice President of Business Development and Communications. We've been uh, going through what we call our pre-commercialization period since about March, taking in trains and uh, and loading out some uh, test vessels. We've completed nine vessels successfully to date and um, you know most of the major construction work is now completed so we're we're now on to working on uh, on punch lists and um, we're as you said fully up and running the new terminal at the port of vancouver is key to g3's long-term strategy west coast access via terminal to asian markets to latin american markets is critical for the canadian grain industry and um this sets a new standard for efficiency uh, on the West Coast, and we're very happy to finally have the keys to this awesome new facility. The G3 terminal can unload and load a lot of grain in a short time. We have the capability to accommodate three 150-car uh, unit trains on the site at any given time. We can unload one of those unit trains in approximately eight hours. And uh, we can load out a vessel at a maximum rate of 6,500 tons per hour. So 
all of this efficiency that we've invested in really sets a new standard, certainly in Canada, but really this proves that this is a world-class facility. This is These are speeds and this is efficiency that uh, very few facilities uh, in the entire world can compete with. G3 Terminal Vancouver has a storage capacity of 180,000 metric tons for grain and oil seeds. COVID-19 has not affected operations of the new terminal, but it forced the company to shelve plans for a grand opening event. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And by the REMAX Crown Realty Ag Team of Marcel de Corby and Graham Toth. Online at landforsalesask.ca. The Saskatchewan government is reminding producers they can begin salvaging hay in provincial highway ditches. Highways Minister Greg Ottenbright says hay can be mowed anytime during the spring or summer months. Beginning today, anyone can cut and bale hay in provincial highway ditches without permission from the property owner as long as no operations have already started. It's recommended participants contact the local Ministry of Highways office to provide contact information and limits on where they are salvaging hay to avoid disputes. All hay bales must be removed by August 8th, otherwise they may be removed and disposed. The Ministry may also remove and dispose of hay bales in locations deemed unsafe for drivers. Beginning next week, regular ditch mowing will occur along all four-lane highways through the fall. A four-meter wide strip will be adjacent to the other highways with additional mowing to ensure visibility and weed control. Grain farmers in east-central Saskatchewan should be scouting their fields for wheat midge. That's according to Saskatchewan Agriculture Crop Extension Specialist, Samantha Marcino. The situation for wheat midge this year is we do need decent soil moisture um, for them to develop. So even though it has been fairly dry throughout the province, there has been spotty rains or spotty areas that have received enough moisture. Uh, so you need at least 25 millimetres of rain before the end of May for proper development. But she says they may not be a problem depending on the stage of plant growth. We're talking to a few producers and there are some out there. Uh, important to keep in mind the susceptible timing is from when the wheat head cracks the boot until mid-flowering. After mid-flowering, it's no longer a concern for wheat midge. Marcino explains what to look for. First thing to keep in mind is, I guess, how to scout. Um, you have to scout for wheat midge at night, preferably after 8.30 in the evening, um, it has to be warmer than 15 degrees Celsius and no wind. So those are the best nights to go look for them. Um, there are different thresholds. So there's the first threshold Threshold is one midge per four to five heads is the threshold for yield loss. And the other one is one midge per eight to ten heads for preventing grade loss. And I guess uh, once you find, if you do find those thresholds in your field, um, there's two things. There are some natural predators to keep in mind. And I guess if you are at those thresholds, an insecticide may be warranted. Marcinos' crop development in the east-central region seems to be about normal. I think crop development is going along fairly quickly right now. I mean, we've had some fairly decent rains in the area, and with this heat, it's progressing along really quick. So in terms of timing and scouting, it's one of those things that you don't realize your weeds might be in the boot already, but it's something to have a look at because that is a susceptible stage. Samantha Marcino is Saskatchewan Agriculture's Crop Extension Specialist in Yorkton. 
a former Federal Minister of Agriculture, Natural Resources, Public Works and Finance and Public Safety, Ralph Goodale of Regina has received a major award. The Churchill Society for the Advancement of Parliamentary Democracy says Goodale is this year's recipient of the Society's Award for Excellence in the Cause of Parliamentary Democracy. Goodale was first elected to the House of Commons in 1974 and has served a total of nine terms in Ottawa. The Churchill Society is a non-partisan charitable organization honoring the life of Sir Winston Churchill and supporting parliamentary democracy. Back in a moment. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall as Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices were showing upward movement in early trading. Viterra's prices for canola rose $1 at $4.41.68. Number one red spring wheat gained $2.47 at $2.27.71. The rest were all unchanged. Durham, $2.66.39. Feed barley, $1.95.70. Flax, $5.15.79. Lentils, $6.12.50. Oats, $2.61.16. Yellow peas, $251.89. Feed wheat, $172.88. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange this morning, September spring wheat is up one and a quarter cents at five twenty-four and a half cent a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Assiniboia and Weyburn Livestock Auctions. Call Assiniboia 642-4180 or Weyburn 842-4574. And brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. Now the latest livestock quotations. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of July 7th. The market on butcher cattle is back up to pre-COVID. Yearlings were up too, but not quite to where it was before the pandemic. D1 and D2 cows sold from $0.80 cents to $0.90 cents with the odd sale up to $0.95. Cents. D3 cows sold from $0.70 cents to $0.80. Cents. Counter cows sold from $0.60 cents to $0.70. Cents. Hefferettes and larger heifers sold from $1 to $1.15. Good butcher bulls sold from $1.20 to $1.30 with the odd sale up to $1.35. We didn't have enough steers in any one weight break to establish an accurate price quotation, but we did have a few heifers. 700 to 800 pound heifers averaged $1.62 and sold it to $1.75. 800 to 900 pound heifers averaged $1.53 and sold it to $1.71. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices for SIG 4. This is the Brandon plant for today, $122.86 per CKG. And once again, the Moose Jaw plant, BP4, TCP4, is at $140. The plant has announced there's no change for all of July. The $140 is a base price floor until the week ending July 25th. Coming up, the Resource Report. Today. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report. 
The Bank of Canada's latest business outlook survey suggests many service sector and energy companies don't expect employment to return to pre-pandemic levels. About one-third of businesses taking part in the quarterly survey said they have used a federal wage subsidy to reduce or avoid layoffs. But other firms looking to rehire or hire new staff cited an emergency federal benefit for workers as a hurdle to their plans. The Central Bank's Survey of Consumer Expectations, which was also released this week, found the worry among workers about losing their job rose to a record level. As well, workers' expectations of how easily they could find new jobs dropped to the lowest level since the 2015 oil price shock. Britain and Saudi Arabia put forward late entries for the contest to become the next Director General of the World Trade Organization. They're joining six others aspiring to lead the Geneva-based trade body that has faced scorn and pressure from the Trump administration. The WTO's current chief, Brazil's Roberto Azevedo, made the surprise announcement in May that he would leave the job a year early. More than 1.3 million Americans applied for jobless benefits last week, down from 1.4 million the previous week. That figure has now topped 1 million for 16 weeks in a row. It shows many employers are still laying off people, with the surge in COVID-19 cases forcing six states to reverse their moves to reopen businesses. Canada's main stock index posted a triple-digit decline in late-morning trading, weighed down by losses in the key financial, industrial and material sectors, while U.S. stock markets also fell. The TSX Composite Index was down 215 points at 15,413. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was down 498 points at 25,568. The Canadian dollar traded for 73.69 cents U.S. compared with 73.87 cents U.S. on Wednesday. The August crude oil contract was down $1.39 at $39.51 per barrel. That's the Resource Report. Stay tuned for the closing grain prices at 1.45 this afternoon and an Agri-News Report at 3.45 p.m. Tomorrow morning there's another Agri-News Report at 6.45 a.m. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good health. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM.